Let's pray together. Father, I uh, just pray that you give us the strength to finish the journey and that we can finish well, that you will keep us focused, that you will keep us from distraction and keep us, our eyes, always looking towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. That was beautiful, huh? Hey, great. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, church. It's been uh, 16 long years, huh? Uh, you know, we've uh, been through a lot together as a church, and um, I have to say that we're all kind of looking a little older, a few more wrinkles. I was looking at some old pictures, and I had a lot more hair 16 years ago. And I really believe it's because all you people have been stressing me out for 16 years, really. You guys know the truth. It's really been me that stresses you out. But, uh, you know, as many of you know, and it's not a big secret, that I'm not a big fan of church. Um, I started this church just so that I could have a place to go. So I started this church for me, not for you people. Uh, And uh, I think it was primarily because I was kind of raised in a pretty legalistic church environment and um, grew up as a pastor's kid and um, it was uh, you know I I just by the time I was in my early 20s I just kind of had enough of music I didn't like and messages that didn't mean anything to me and sitting across from people who had these like fake smiles plastered on their faces it was just kind of this sense of inauthenticity and um, you know by the time I was in my early 20s I walked away I walked away from the church. I walked away from my relationship with God for several years because I had enough of church. But I have to say now, 25 or so years later, I can't imagine my life without it. Like, I can't imagine my life without this place. I love Sunday mornings now. And it's not because of the great music or the great teaching. It's because that this church is made up of all of you who live out your faith fearlessly to the point that you're willing to own your stuff and talk about the things that we all struggle with and the things that we deal with in an honest way. And we have this like honest approach to Jesus and we accept others who do the same. And it's just incredible to be part of a group of people who are so passionate about God like that. So accepting, so grace-filled. And I just have to say that I'm proud to be part of this church. It's a gift from God. It's a unique place. So happy birthday. Happy 16. And I think we have to remember that We've come a long way, and the only reason why we're still here is because of the grace of God. And that's the only explanation that I can make. But this is a place I will always call home. Hi, my name is Katie, and here are three things I love about my student church. First of all, when I walk in, I feel welcomed, and I just feel like I'm at home, and everybody cares about me. The second thing is that I know everybody, and if anybody gets hurt or anything, they, they're just, where can I explain, they're just loving people here. And the third thing is that 
everybody here, you know, they know you. They don't just say, oh, what's your name and everything. They know you right when you walk in. They know if you're in God's prayers or not. I'm Katie Jusil, and this church is my church. No, we are not alone. I'm gonna make this place your That's the uh, best testimony of Westridge I ever heard. I love that. Thank you, Katie. Katie's in the back today. Say thanks, Katie. (laughs) Westridge would not be the same without you. Uh, Today, we uh, begin a new series called My Church. And um, we're looking at really what the church is all about. And I have to say that if you're here this morning... And you're just kind of sticking your toe in the waters of Westridge, trying to figure this place out. Then if we've done our job well, by the end of this series, you should be able to figure out whether this is the right fit for you or not. Also, if uh, you're somebody who has been here for a while and you just haven't connected, it's our hope that through this series that you'll take that next step in your relationship with God and you'll commit to this place and really take this place on because we really believe that it makes a difference uh, spiritually. So I want to begin by asking the question, why it is that do you think that most people go to church? I mean, if I were to add it up, I'd probably say that there's something like a thousand people who, when they go to church they would say, I go to Westridge, which is an incredible testimony uh, of, of, you know, what's going on in this place. But why? Why do they go to church? Why here? I, I would imagine that if you were to take a survey as to why it is that most people go to church, I'm sure that the responses would be varied, but be something like, well, I go to church for my kids. I want, my kid, I want to make sure that my kids are raised in a place with faith and values. Still, others would say that the reason why they go to church is that they want to feel good. People like being able to pull into the parking lot on a Sunday morning, walk through those doors, and no matter what's happened to them that morning, what's happened to them that week, they can forget about all that, and they know that they're going to be walking into a really positive environment. I mean, many people just want to escape the harsh reality of life for an hour or so on a Sunday morning, and they just want some peace. Is that so wrong? But how about you? Seriously. Why do you go to church? What's the point? Just to see you, Derek. (laughs) Thanks. You can preach that. (laughs) who's speaking here there's a thing called a rhetorical question where I'm not really asking you people to get involved here this is not an interactive service (laughs) see that's why I love you you know respect around here but seriously why is it that you go to church do you feel like it's just the right thing to do? Do you feel like you do it out of some sense of obligation or tradition? Do you do it because you're scared your mom's going to find out you're not going to church? 
Or do you feel like you were raised with, you know, this tradition that you and your family would get up on a Sunday morning and go to church together? Which is great, but why? Like, really, why? What's the point? Why is this something that you do in your life? Is it just something that you do, or does it really have meaning for you? Church means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But listen to what the Apostle Paul says in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 4, for example. Paul is writing to a church that's going through some problems. And the church at Ephesus was going through a tough time of infighting and disunity. And so in response to that, the Apostle Paul tries to communicate what church is all about and how church should be lived out differently. And so he says in Ephesians 4, he says, I urge you then to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So this passage says things like, hey, when you, go to, when you step into the doors of a church, be humble, be gentle. And by the way, when you walk in there, there's going to be people that aren't like you, so you got to be patient. And there's going to be people in that room that annoy the crap out of you. Bear with one another in love. In other words, work at loving the unlovable people. If we're honest, there's some people that need a little more grace than other people, right? They're all in the church, so we got to love those people, and that's working to love each other. And then he says, make every effort to keep unity in the church. If I didn't know any better, I would say that the church is starting to sound like work, doesn't it? Let me give you another example. In, in Paul's uh, letter to the Hebrews, Paul, again, is trying to help a group of Christians figuring out what the church is all about. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, he says, and this is one of my favorite passages about the church, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So in this passage, Paul uses language that again sounds a lot like the church is a whole lot of work. He says, hold on for dear life. Inspire each other to do good things. Love each other. Don't give up meeting together. Don't abandon each other, but instead encourage each other until the very end. So if we were to take both of those passages and we were to combine them and we were to put all those things that are in those verses together, and believe me, there's a whole lot more in the Bible that we could list out, and we were to put all that together, what does the church look like? 
What kind of a place would we have? How is it that we are to live out church? Well, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Bear with one another in the hard times. Make every effort to keep unity. Hold unswervingly onto our faith. Work to inspire each other. Stick together no matter how hard it gets. If you add it all together, no matter how you slice it, the church's work. It's a lot of work. And if what you read in your Bible is true, then maybe there's more to this church thing than just showing up in this room for an hour a week singing some nice songs, hearing a nice message, and going home in time to catch the Bears game at the end. And I think you have to ask yourself, if the church really is that much work, why would anybody want to come? I mean, with as much work as it is just to survive the daily grind... With as much work as it is just to make it through another day, to find the strength to stay the course in life, why would anybody want to come to a church where there is even more required of me? Well, I have to say, after my own personal experience over the last 16 years, I guess my question would be different. My question would be, how can anybody not? part of a church. I mean, with all of the hurting and all of the pain and all of the stuff that goes on in this world, how can you not be part of a community like this? Let me explain. I I think that the Apostle Paul was really getting at in those verses is that he totally acknowledges that life's hard and that the world could be a cruel place to live in. But I think his point is that if we have any hope of being able to live out our lives in the way that God designed us to live them, then we're going to have to do it together. You see, at the heart of the church is a group of people who have been radically transformed by the grace of God, and they stand ready to walk with anybody who are going through the hard times, who are going through dark times, because They've been through it themselves. And by the grace of God, they've gotten on the other side, and now they're able to walk with others who are going through the same struggles. When the church is as it should be, when the church is, as we say here at Westridge, never church as usual, then it never pretends to be perfect. We're far from that, and we're not going to play that. It never promises to have all the answers, because we don't. It never pretends to have it all together. But instead, when the church is as it was created to be, that in spite of our imperfections, in spite of our flaws, we have been so transformed in our lives by the grace of God that we stand together and we get each other's backs until the very end. Here's the one takeaway I want you to get from this message. God didn't create the church for no good reason. God made this thing up. I didn't. Greg didn't. Gordon didn't. 
Can you imagine if Gordon made this church thing up? It would be crazy. We'd all be wearing plaid pants and little bow ties or something. It, it was created by God himself. And for that reason alone, we have to take a much higher view of what this church thing is all about and the role that it plays in my life because it is of God. Look, here's the reality of it. You have the whole Old Testament and then you have the life of Jesus and then he dies, he rises from the dead, he ascends into heaven and the whole rest of the Bible is about what? About how to do this church thing. How to live this out. He didn't make this whole church thing up so that we could just casually attend for an hour on a Sunday morning. He created the church so that we could be part of a community of people, of believers who stand together, who struggle together, who work together, who are on this journey through this life together. The church is the only survival tool that I am aware of where we can leave this world with any hope of our faith being left intact. Which, by the way, requires a whole lot of work. I don't know how somebody can survive this world without the church. As flawed as it can be, as imperfect as it can be, as much work as the church can be, The church is the only thing worth investing our lives in because at the end of the day, as the world comes to an end, the Bible says that the church is the only thing that will be left standing. Don't take this church thing lightly. On a scale of 1 to 10, spiritually speaking, the church is a 10. That's why every year we celebrate the birth of this church. So we never forget that this place is a gift from God. Because let's face it, the reason why most of us are here at Westridge is because it's a unique place and we can't connect in a lot of mainstream places. It's a place where people like you and I can feel comfortable going to church. And it's a place where we can invest our lives that has meaning. When we invest here, we're investing in things that go beyond the grave, and our work here is not in vain because it has purpose, it has meaning, and so as Paul says, let us not give up meeting together. In other words, find a church and commit. Look, I am very aware that Westridge is not for everybody. (laughs) There are some people who walk in and turn around and walk right back out. And if this church is not the right place for you, that's great. That's fine. Find a place where you feel comfortable, where you feel comfortable growing spiritually. I don't care care where you go, but wherever it is, when you go, make a commitment. Stop church hopping, shopping, all of that. Dig in, plant roots, and come hell or high water, plan on spending the rest of your life at that church. I have every intention of spending the rest of my life here at Westridge. You people are stuck with me for a very, very long time. In fact, you may not know it, but there's a little plot of land out there that's my grave. This is all done. 
And I think that if you were to ask several families here in the church that they'd have the exact same response, that this is the place that we want to spend the rest of our lives, not because of some building, not because of some place, but because we want to do life together. Through the good times, through the bad times, through the mountains, through the valleys, we are committed to each other because that's what the church does. And we don't give up meeting together because somebody upsets us or somebody is annoying or somebody said something to somebody else. We are committed to unswervingly holding on together and we stick it out and work it out because we call this place home. Do you? When you refer to Westridge, do you say, my church? Do you call this place home? What I've learned through the years is that if you can't, it probably means that you aren't yet invested enough here to be able to say that. Because the more we have invested in a place the more meaningful it is for you. The more you give your time, your money, the more you contribute to other people, the more you contribute your giftedness, the more meaningful a place becomes. And then when you do, when you're fully invested, all of a sudden you know what happens? You give a rip. You care. You care about people you know nothing about. You care whether or not the church is reaching other people who are far from God, just like you were. You care that when you go to serve, that you're not just plugging some hole, that you're doing something that's going to make a difference in somebody's life for the rest of eternity. You care because you're invested. Do you care enough about Westridge to call this place your home? If you don't, I just want to challenge you this morning to dig in, plant roots, commit, serve, give, contribute of your time and money, and know that this place is going to become a meaningful part of your life. I have a friend who got himself in over his head on his mortgage, and he's losing his home. The bank put it into foreclosure, and he told me that he's going to fight it. And he was talking to me about the numbers, and I was talking to him from a business standpoint, and I said, man, it seems like if you're that far underwater and it's not even worth the mortgage, then why even fight it? Why don't you just let it go? And he just looked at me, and he got tears in his eyes. And he said, do you know how hard I've worked on that place? He said, I built that deck. I made those shelves. I painted those rooms. My kids grew up here. This is not just a house for me. This is our home. When we put that kind of work into a church, those kind of experiences, when we work to help people to move to the next step, to encourage people, to inspire people, to work together, to stand together, this becomes much more than just a Sunday morning experience. This place becomes home. 
It was just over 16 years ago that we had a vision to start a new church that was different. And I made a personal commitment that said, I am not going to be somebody who puts himself out and pretend to be perfect. I'm not going to be somebody who puts himself up on a pedestal. I'm going to be somebody who walks with the people of the church in their times of need. Little did I know that the tables would be turned and it would be all of you that would walk with me in my darkest hour. 16 years ago, we had a vision to start a church that would be radically different by displaying the radical love of God in everything that we do so that when people encounter God's love when they come here. Little did I know, it would be me when I was unlovely to be loved by all of you. It was 16 years ago that we started a church where people could be comfortable being vulnerable and open and authentic, a place where people could be real and talk about the junk in their lives and the stuff that they struggle with without feeling judged. And no matter who you are or what you've done or where you come from or what your past is, that there will, this will always be a place of grace and acceptance. And little did I know that I would find that grace and acceptance from all of you. That's the church. That's what Westridge is all about. The cool thing about this place is I've always felt this way, that we're just a group of people who are on a journey together, and we are growing up together in God. Nobody's any better than anybody else. Nobody's all spiritually mature. While there's like, we're all in the same boat, man. And we're doing the best we can to love Jesus, which is the reason why we're all here. And whether you've been coming since that first Sunday 16 years ago or you just started coming a few weeks ago, I think you see pretty quick that we are on a journey together. And more than anything else, we want to make it to the end of that narrow dirt path that leads to Jesus. And so we invest our lives here. We dig in. We plant roots. We commit. So that when the storms of life hit, and they will hit, I promise you, we don't cut and run. We don't abandon each other. We get each other's backs. We don't tear each other down when we're on the ground bleeding. We build each other up. We help each other through it. When somebody doesn't have the strength that feels like they just can't take one more step, there are two people that grab each of them on each side and say, let's go, you can do it. We do the work together because it is worth it. And at the end of the day, when the world ends, everything blows up and the smoke clears, there remains this beautiful group of people who have been transformed by the grace of God who are huddled together, limping together down that narrow dirt path. 
path as we finish the journey together and fall into the arms of Jesus. That's the church. That's Westridge. May God bless the next 16 years of our journey. And may we always huddle together and make it through.